And another thing about the Asians. Just one more thing. I wasn't finished from the last episode, though I thought I was, but I wasn't. But I thought I was, but I wasn't. Specifically the Chinese. I think I... I think I I laid out my argument pretty thoroughly in the last episode that it's it's they who we should direct our outrage toward rather than the other types of Asians and I think that the racism being executed across this world against Asians is only unjustified if they're non-Chinese so if they're not Chinese, it's unjustified. And they had nothing to do with it. Especially the Koreans. They're good people. The Japanese have done horrible things. So with them, it's a little more justified. But it's still unjustified. If you don't think it's justified, I would recommend that you Google Unit 731. And you might be singing a different tune. You learn a little bit about more recent Japanese history, you might be singing a different tune about what they do or do not deserve. You know, so some pretty uh, gruesome stuff. Don't Google that if you've got a weak stomach. That's all I'll tell you. Don't Google Unit 731 unless you're into that kind of thing. Like, I love that stuff. I'm really glad it happened because I get to learn about it because truth is not only... They say truth is stranger than fiction, perhaps, but I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's how I describe it. It's definitely more gruesome than fiction. Although, if fiction's more gruesome, it's only because shit that happened for real is so gruesome that in order to top it, you really, really got to go next level. So when you get something like Unit 731... I mean, it's similar to the gulag in, in communist Russia. Again, very glad it happened. I look up to these men. And they were all men. None of them were women. But they were all great, so you'd expect them to be men. Sorry, that's my sexist joke of the episode, I guess. But there might be more. You never know where we could go with this. The other thing about the Chinese that I forgot to mention, and I guess this applies to all Asians, is this. Listen, this is going to pass, and it might take some time. It might take a year. It might take two before people finally stop being so mad at you guys. I mean, people were really mad at the Muslims after 9-11. Do you remember that? And that lasted years. But the, the real, real rage was only only like two or three years and even then that was an attack and this seems even even though the Chinese you know they kind of brought this upon us with their less than sanitary cultural practices it still wasn't on purpose I don't believe with the Muslims it's like the Muslims wanted Americans to die clearly I think they still do but they also want Jews to die, and then you can have some understanding for them. And you can think, okay, one of these is right and one of these is wrong. So they kind of cancel each other out. Anyway, the Chinese, the Asians, you're going to be dealing with this for a little while. You're going to be dealing with it for a year or two. But remember this. 
After all of this is said and done, people are still going to hate the Jews, okay? People will always hate the Jews. So you guys can deal with a little unwarranted hate for a few years. Jesus Christ. Suck it up, honestly. You're a bunch of pussies. If you can't take this for a couple years, we've been dealing with it for 2,000. And you can't take two? Get the fuck... Excuse me if I, if I have a little less sympathy than you'd like. But I really can't sympathize with two years. Are you kidding me? They'll still hate Jews for 2,000 years to come and the 2,000 years that have passed us by and probably longer before that. So I really don't have too much sympathy for if, if Asians are getting a little bit of unwarranted hate. I really don't. So I'm sorry, but you're barking up the wrong tree. It's like when the Hasids at work would try to play the Jew card with me. I'd say, you're playing the Jew card with the wrong guy because it's not going to work on me. And if, if you Christians were a little less guilty or susceptible to guilt, because you know we use that on you, then you would be perfectly fine with shutting down a Jew trying to use the Jew card. You should. You know? You should... Especially if you're not, well, you know, all sorts of people have been fucking with the Jews for a long time, but some haven't. Like if your ancestry is Irish, the Irish people never fuck with the Jews. I mean, as a nation, the Jews never even really went to Ireland. So if you're Irish and a Jew is trying to shame you for being Goy or a Gentile or whatever, just be like, dude, I didn't do anything. It's like it's like when a black person is getting mad at white people, but one of the white people is a Jew and the Jew goes, don't get mad at me. I didn't do shit. And the black person's like, fine, you good son. You good fam. It's the same. If a Jew is trying to guilt a bunch of Christian white folk and you're there and you're Irish, you just go, no, I mate, not me. Was that Irish? I don't know. But you just go, no, I'm actually Irish. So it wasn't me. And if it's a good Jew and an honest Jew, then they'll tell you that you're good, fam. And they'll tell you to go on your way while they continue to guilt and berate the Christians that you leave behind. But whatever. Is that important? Not really. I just wanted to get that thing off my chest about the Asians. Like, really don't feel that bad about the whole thing. Um... <clears throat> You know, I, I, I also, this isn't really getting to me yet so much. And it's been a while now. I mean, it's been, what do you think? Three weeks? It's been about three weeks I've been working at home. Today is Thursday. So now Mark's officially three weeks that I've been working from home. And it's really not getting to me. I mean, my family's bothering me a little bit. I've thought of some fixes for that. Like, for example, during the day, I now listen to music while I'm working if I can. And this way I, I can actually pretend that my family is not there. But they're pretty good. They've been pretty good, honestly, in all honesty. We stocked up a lot. I'm feeling good. You know, like I said, not much has been bad. Everything's been good on my end. So I don't know about you, and I hope you're doing all right too. But for me, this has been a very good quarantine. Top five, top five, top five quarantine of all time easily. For me, it's number one, hands down. Um, you know, I'll tell you this. I actually started writing jokes 
I hadn't written a joke since the quarantine began or a little bit before it even. So for three weeks, I didn't write a single joke and I didn't feel bad about it at all because I usually will feel bad that the bad feeling will really hit me when I'm about to go on stage and I realize that I have nothing new. So I'll be in an open mic and realize that I have to do the same jokes again. And then I feel worthless and I feel like I'm wasting my time because why would you do old jokes in an open mic? I mean, how, what are you doing? You know, and I know a lot of you do that and you should feel bad and you should be ashamed. But I try not to do that. I try not, I try to avoid that as much as possible, you know. So it really makes me feel bad when I'm not writing jokes if I'm going to mics and doing old jokes. But because I haven't been going to mics because there aren't mics and of course I wouldn't do a virtual mic because I have self-respect. I would never do a virtual open mic. I have self-respect. So it really hasn't been bothering me that I haven't been writing jokes, but I I just they kind of just started coming to me. This happened earlier this week, probably pretty much on Monday. A few ideas floating themselves into my brain. One of the ideas was that what I just started the episode with, which was just the idea that like, you know, Asians Sure, they we hate you now, and we might hate you for another year, but they're always going to hate Jews, man. Even when all this wears off, they're still going to hate the Jews, and they hated the Jews before. So that was kind of an idea. Obviously, it's not like a, uh, it's not a fully fleshed out bit, but the point is, the thought came into my head. Hmm, this could be an interesting angle. Why don't you try that out, right? So that that's kind of the idea, but it's good that It started back up. The wheels are turning. The wheels are turning. I'm happy about it. It's a good development. And I do want to be loaded, loaded up. I want to be loaded up, ready to go whenever comedy starts back up again, which will probably be in a long time. That's kind of also started to hit me a bit. But I I haven't thought too much about it. And I'm not terribly bummed out about it. I don't know. Am I supposed to be more bummed out about it? I don't know. You tell me. I mean, can't you just decide how bummed out about something you're going to be at the end of the day? Can't you just kind of make a decision? I'm kind of just looking at the good side of it. Like I had said this before, I think, but when you do something over and over and over again, it kind of becomes, um, what's the word? It becomes like, you know, well, obviously it becomes repetitive. That's what that means. But there's something to it and it just kind of loses. I think I'll just be more grateful for doing comedy when it starts back up again because it was taken away. But for now, I'm like, it's like out of my hands. I would feel bad if I was just being lazy. Like I said this before, if I was just being lazy, then I would feel bad about it. But because it's out of my hands, I'm like, why feel bad about it? I have nothing to do with this. And I'd, I'd rather just um, work that muscle in different ways. Like this. Although this episode hasn't been particularly funny, has it? Maybe at the beginning it was. Oh, this, this part probably isn't funny. But whatever. It, 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 like, like, well, no, not whatever. Because I'm trying to make a point about working the muscle. But shut up. You're stupid. You're stupid. Shut up. Why are you making me wrong? I'm me. I think I'm making myself wrong. But I'm I'm assuming your role in this hypothetical argument. I'm assuming your role. I'm assuming what you're thinking. And maybe I'm giving you too much credit. Because you might not be as smart as me. But if you're not as smart as me, then I feel bad. Because 
I'm as smart as you want to be if you if you want to, you know, if you want to do pretty well. I'm as smart as you want to be. I'm kind of the baseline. And then it goes up. And then you could do better and better and better. But I'm at least going to get a Nissan GTR. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You know, I was thinking about this because... For, did you hear this rumor? I... I had heard this kind of as a rumor that like black people weren't getting coronavirus as much, which I don't think is true. But I think that maybe because it has, there hasn't been outbreaks in Africa, people assume that that means that black people are more resilient to the disease, which is a racist assumption and one that I support. But I was thinking this would be kind of funny if it turned out that black people really did have a higher resistance to this disease, that people would be in the streets protesting because this disease is racist. Don't you think that would be funny? They'd be like, this disease is afraid of black people. It's afraid to inhabit black people. This is a racist disease. And they'd be in the streets protesting and then they'd all get sick and they'd all die because they'd all be white. Because the people who protest on behalf of black people are always white. The people who, who protest for stupid issues, I should say. Black people will protest for real things. You know, because they've been through shit. So they're not going to waste their time with meaningless baloney. But white people love meaningless baloney. And they love making a racket about it. And if they can make it a racket, if they can make a racket about meaningless baloney that has nothing to do with them but has to do with an oppressed minority group so that they can look nice and virtuous, then they, they leap at the opportunity. And if all of them got coronavirus, then I think it might be good for society. That's all I'm saying. Like, I think that everyone who's not a, a, a diehard communist should die. But at the very least, these types of white people, the whites that I was just talking about, if they all got a disease and 20% of them died, fine. Wouldn't that be nice? Don't you think things would be a little bit better? Don't you think people would get along a little bit more? Because a lot of it is, uh, I mean, this is what you find when you get kicked off of Twitter. You find that it's all, none of it exists. You realize in, in a really, in a really meaningful way that only like a couple million people use Twitter in America, like a couple million. And you're talking about a nation of 350 million, only a couple million people use Twitter. So you realize that things that are a big deal on Twitter are not even a little deal in the real world. They're not a deal at all. They're non-existent. No one even knows that they happen. But on Twitter, it's all, it's very angry. And people, because if it's a big deal on Twitter, it's because people are angry. Things only become a big deal on Twitter if people are angry. It's the only way something's a big deal on Twitter. Those two things are one and the same. If something's a big deal on Twitter, it's because people are angry. You can't, it's like a Q and a U. Like you're never going to see a word that has a Q and it doesn't have a U because they just go together. They always go together. And you're never going to see something that's a big deal on Twitter without people who are angry on Twitter. It's the same thing. They come together. 
If people aren't angry about it, then it's not a big deal. If people are angry about it, it's a big deal. If it's a big deal, people are angry about it. You see what I'm saying? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Very interesting. So I'm saying white people are usually the problem. But it has nothing to do with what religion they are. I don't want this to turn into a Jew versus Gentile thing. I don't think it has anything to do with their religion. I think it just has to do with... Maybe it has to do with how many black friends they have. You know? If they don't have any black friends, then they start to engage in a lot of this behavior where they think they're sticking up to black people, but don't realize that what they're doing, black people actually don't care about at all. And it's not just black people. It's all types of people. Anyone who's a minority, they will stick up for every minority, but they don't actually know any. So they don't know what's important to them. And I'm not speaking like, like some expert here, but I will say this. I do have at least three black friends. At least six Hispanic friends. I have like four or five Asian friends. I have one friend who I think is Asian, but I've never asked him. I have a, I have a Samoan friend. No, I don't. No one does. They don't even exist. They're not real. The rock is a hologram. I have, I have a Filipino friend. We're not really friends anymore. I have um, I have an Italian friend. I have uh, I have so many friends. So many are white though. So many. Don't you try to guilt me? Is this rambling or what is this that I'm doing? Is it good enough? How long is this? It's been going on for 18 minutes. Is it good enough to keep, do you think? Maybe it is. I wasn't feeling that inspired, but I felt like it was time to put up another podcast. And I've been having a podcast streak and they've been going well. I would say, I would say so. I think you would agree if you had any sense. But if you've been vaccinated, then maybe you can't see it. But you probably can't see a lot of things like simple mathematics or just common sense in general. Although I do think common sense is a little bit, it becomes a very condescending phrase because people tell like to them, common sense is just like, I think this, you don't think this, but it's common sense. It's like they think it's common sense because they think it. This is something that bothers me so much that people do all the time. Did I mention this yet? I don't think that I did. Here's something that a lot of people will do. They'll go, you know, if the founding fathers were here, can you believe the founding fathers would say they try to speak for all the founding fathers? Like they don't realize so hard, so many things so hard. Like, first of all, to say like the founding fathers would think, then you've learned nothing about them. They disagreed about so many things. They disagreed about everything. Half of them didn't even want to have a revolutionary war when it first started. It took a lot of cajoling from John Adams and the boys from Massachusetts. Shout out to Massachusetts. Really um, 
pushing the rest of the of the colonies into the war when they were very apprehensive about doing so. But if you were to say, well, the founding fathers would think this, then you're vaccinated for saying that because you're failing to understand that no, they wouldn't all agree on that. There's no way. There's no shot. There's no shot. But you just want you like, again, it's like I see a lot of people do it, for example, with the gun argument. They say the founding fathers, they wrote for like well-organized militias to have guns. The founding fathers would never approve of this if they saw what was going on now. I'm like, dude, how do you know? Like you're only taking into context the fact that they said don't have guns like only have guns if you're a well-regulated militia, whatever they said. You're only taking that into account and that if you told them everyone's got guns, but we don't need militias because we have an army, they'd probably go, oh, wow, okay, that's that's probably bad. But you're not taking into account other things because like what if you told them about like the military-industrial complex? And what if you told them about like, well, I don't even know if that would apply. But I'm saying, what if you told them about... um, militarized police forces, right? And how every policeman is armed pretty much in the country. Policemen, just your your local, just your local run-of-the-mill policeman is packing. He's got a gun on his hip. So if you told the, the founding fathers that, if you said that, well, there's a military that's extremely powerful and that if a government became despotic, that they could easily take over the country. And and then at the same time, they have a militarized like uh, civilian branch, basically, in the form of the police, that they can mobilize that as well. And then they have access to military equipment, which a lot of, you know, police forces in larger cities have access to like, you've seen the vehicles that they drive. They're like basically tanks. So if you told the founding fathers all of that too, they might go, huh, okay, well maybe, yeah, well maybe people should have guns. All I'm saying is you can't make such a cut and dry, well, the founding fathers would think this. People just use that. People just say that because they're like, well, the founding fathers would obviously agree with me. I'm smart. Ah, God, I I hate those people. They bother me so much. I'm like, dude, you're an idiot. Why do you try to speak for these people who who we probably give too much credit, but clearly they were more intelligent than most of us, especially fellows like Ben Frank. You know, I know his name was Ben Franklin. I just like calling him Ben Frank. You didn't know him like I knew him. You know, so, I mean, but clearly they weren't all that smart. I mean, Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton dueled and and they kill and one killed the other. That doesn't seem that smart. That doesn't seem like a smart way to handle a disagreement. That was another thing. I had said that on stage because I was like, hello, because people will go on stage and be like, you know, Trump and all this nonsense. People have never been at each other's throats more about politics. And I'm like, you know, they used to kill each other over it. So I think we're doing okay. I think we uh I think some Facebook arguments maybe you're blowing this out of proportion a little bit. And I've been going on Facebook and I've been doing some expert level trolling 
expert level trolling. Like I've, I've, I've told you before, there's so, I say that probably the most out of any phrase that I say on my podcast, I probably say, like I've told you before, I've mentioned this before. I'll try to stop doing that. I don't really care if I've told you before, then I'm telling you again, just accept it. You can fast forward a little bit if you don't feel like listening, but I'm an expert troll and there are different levels of trolling. And now I'm in the, uh, platinum tier of trolling like you can't even get there you you get to gold tier trolling and you think you're an expert troll and you don't even realize that there's a whole different bracket of trolling and there's people doing things that you don't even realize it's trolling like you think you're an expert troll and yet someone is trolling and you can't even recognize that it's trolling and i've been doing some fun trolling <clears throat> And I guess it's meta trolling in the sense that it requires people to know me, to know that I'm not serious about what I'm saying. And only then would those people recognize that it's trolling, but to an outsider, they might not realize at all that it's trolling. I think I made a Facebook post the other day that was like, hey, look, I don't think Biden is a rapist. And I don't think he's senile. But I am... But I don't think he'd be doing nearly as good a job as President Trump with his grounded, strong leadership. That was my status. And, you know, there's just older people who I'm friends with on, on Facebook, mostly through comedy, who are commenting on it. And, they, and it's just funny. And it's just funny. And they just don't see what, what is before them, which is that this is a joke. And I don't mean it at all. But I, I don't want them to know that. And I will never relent. Is that the right word? I will never admit that I'm joking. I'll just double down. Or I, like I had commented after a few boomers like commented on and they were like gross or that one of them commented and he was like, ha, 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 ha. And he did this for like a whole page. It was very long, a very long, a very extreme amount of, amount of ha's consecutively. And I just said... um, what did I say? I said, I just said haters. That's all I said. And then what What else have I been doing? Um, I have, uh, what was the other one that I posted the other day? I, I posted something about, about Obama. Obama. I was going to post one today. Um... Oh, fuck. What did I do? Hold on. Sorry. Sorry. I was going to post one today that was like, um, I'm just really glad that Obama's not leading us through this through this pandemic because his solution would just be to bomb innocent Muslim civilians. I thought that posting that would just be like, okay, that's a little too much on the nose. That's the thing. It requires subtlety. It has to be very subtle. Otherwise, it's not platinum tier trolling. Then it's just like trolling. That's kind of annoying. I want it to be more subtle than that. The one that I did about Obama was the other day. And I said, um, what did I say about Obama? Oh, yeah. I said, um, obviously, the current state of the economy is a result of Obama policies. That's platinum tier trolling because it's, vi it's very viable that someone would think that legitimately. And maybe I do think that. And maybe the people who read that really do think that I mean that. And then it's perfect. And then I'm like, we're all having fun right now. Except I'm the only one having fun. The rest of them 
probably are not. But the ones who get it, they're having fun too. I just have a lot of, I, I just, I just like having fun on Facebook. But that's, that is, I guess, the level of boredom. There has been a level of boredom associated with this pandemic. It hasn't all been good for me. It's just been mostly good for me. But there is like a new level of boredom that I've encountered where I am. I am on Facebook more, and that's probably bad. But it's only because I don't have Twitter. Twitter is the only thing missing from this quarantine that would make that I would be having just a tremendous time. <clears throat> there is one thing going on on Facebook that I love. It's Elazar, Elazar Guzman. It's Guzman, right? Am I pronouncing it right? I don't know. I assume it is Guzman. He made a Facebook group called like the Quarantine Writing Competition. It's not really a competition. It's just to get each other to write every day. You have to write 500 words a day. If you miss a day, then you have to write 1,000 words the following day. And if you miss that, then you're, you're kicked out of the group. And it's been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Very good time. Really enjoying it. It's only been a couple days now. He started on the 31st of March, and we're going to do it all through April. Really enjoying it. It has been motivating me to write every day. And I post my shit. A lot of people don't post it. I don't know. I guess it's personal, and they don't want people to read it. But I fucking post that shit. I'm like, read my shit. Like, who am I writing it for then? For no one? I like, even the stuff that I write for no one, I want it to be for someone, even if it's just me later. I used to do that in my in my notebooks at school when I would take notes. Sometimes I would be bored in class and I would start writing to myself in the future. And I would try to make my future self laugh at the notes. But I also had in mind that maybe some, I'd show these to someone else too. And be like, look what I, what I used to do in class in college. This is what I would do. Here you go. I always have an audience in mind. I feel like even when I'm writing these little... Even when I'll just free write like an essay or something, some random bullshit, I'm like, maybe I'll put this on my blog. It's always a possibility. But in this in this writing group on Facebook, there's like 23 people in it. So I'm like, I don't give a fuck if these people read it. Go ahead. You can read it. By all means. I hope you do. And most of them don't. But a couple of them do. And they, they, they like it. And I read their shit if they actually post it. But a lot of them don't post it. Come on, post it, pussies. Sorry. But if they if they do, then I, I, I read it. And a lot of people aren't good at writing. But it's not just the people in this group. It's just a large, there's probably a, a growing minority of people who cannot write at all. Like literally cannot write. It's probably a, it's probably a side effect of the vaccine. I can barely write thanks to, thanks to all those vaccines I was given. A multitude of vaccines I was given. And it crippled my writing ability along with my reasoning ability. And a lot of people, they can't write at all. Now, some of them, some of them, I read this one guy's writing, and it's like, like I said, it's only 500 words. If you don't know what 500 words is, it's basically a page. It's barely a page. If you didn't do any spaces or line breaks, then it's not even a page. 
Uh, not spaces. If you don't, uh, you know, do line spacing, you know how you make it like when you were in college, you had to make a double line spacing instead of single. Well, if you did single line spacing and then you, you didn't, you did maybe like three paragraphs. I don't even think it would be a full page. It might be a full page. Barely. That's how many 500 words is nothing on the first day. That's what I wrote about. I wrote about how easy it is to write 500 words. It's easy to write 2000 words. Honestly, it only takes a it only takes about an hour, especially if you don't want it to, if, you, if it's not important to you that it's that good. Because the only time writing takes a while is if you have to think in between sentences a lot, then it would take a while. Then 2000 words might take two hours or three hours. But if you're just kind of letting it flow and for something like this, where it really doesn't matter, just a little writing group amongst friends. Then I just let it flow. And then it, it's very quick. I mean, on the first, like I said, on the first day, I wrote 500 words about how easy it is to write 500 words. And I did this in about 12 minutes. And then I posted that. And uh, I think a lot of people, they're like, some people, so, some of them, they post and it's like, they post like, I got 1,400 words. I did 1,400 words tonight. It's no big deal. I did 1,400 words. How about them apples? I'm like, oh, my God. You are so annoying. I would write these fucking, you know, when I was doing that freelance writing bullshit, I was writing 4,000-word essays about dog clippers. You try that, motherfucker. I was doing that in two hours. You try writing 4,000 words about dog clippers, about the eight best value dog clippers. You write me 4,000 words about that motherfucker. Fuck you. You don't know shit. You don't know who you're dealing with. You don't know who you're dealing with right now. Okay? 4,000 words about the 12 best chainsaws available in the year 2020. You don't know shit. Fuck you. You don't know shit. You can't write like that. Yeah, right. You don't know who you're dealing with. Fuck you. Sorry, but you get my point. I hope you get my point. These are the kind of people that I'm dealing with. Some of them are bad at writing, literally, but they're good at, they're good at like, I don't know. They're, they're bad at writing. I shouldn't say literally they're bad at writing technically and they don't know how to use tenses. So in, in a single sentence, they'll change like the sentence starts off in past tense and then it finishes in present tense and you're like it's just very awkward and they don't they they don't know a lot about how to write technically but what they're writing is still good there was one guy in particular who's I was reading and I was like if he had just been if he had just gotten maybe a better education on writing this would be great you know like it was very good like the content of it was very good. It was just the execution was bad. That was all. And I, I'm like, you don't have to follow the rules of writing. The rules of writing always bothered me. That's why I would always get, I would get good grades on writing assignments if I felt like it. Because I would just succumb to the rules and I'd say, fine, I'll follow the stupid fucking rules. And then I, I can write like that, but I prefer to write with style. And to write with style usually involves breaking the rules, even if it's in minor ways. Like one way that I've noticed that George R.R. R. Martin, who is the author of the Game of Thrones books, 
which is actually called A Song of Ice and Fire. But it's Game of Thrones. That's how people know it. One way that he'll break the rules technically, and I'm not even sure if this is technically breaking the rules, but I think it's breaking the rules because I learned this as a rule. You know when you use commas to break up three things or four things? It'll be like, I'm looking like I'm, I'm in, uh, right now I'm recording in the workout room upstairs and I see a treadmill, comma, dumbbells, comma, and a medicine ball. And George R. R. Martin sometimes won't include the and. You know, I have to, you have to say like something, comma, something else, comma, and something. But sometimes he won't use the and. So he'll go something, comma, something, comma, something, period. I love that. I fucking love that. I started doing that in my own writing. And he doesn't always do that. He only sometimes does that. But it sounds really good. Sometimes it sounds better than doing the and something. Sometimes you don't need it. But it's a rule. But fuck that rule. It's stupid. That's what I mean. But you have to know the rules. No, you don't. Okay. You can tell when someone's breaking the rules, but they know them. And then you can tell when someone's breaking the rules because they don't know the rules. Does that distinction make sense? Like, you have these people who are perfectly capable. You have a guy like uh, Chuck Palahniuk, right? Breaking rules of how to write. There's plenty of authors who do it and you can read their writing and they're breaking the rules constantly of how to quote unquote how to write. But you know that they know those rules and they're perfectly capable of writing in that way. They just choose not to because they have style. And a lot of the people who's been posting stuff who allow you to read it, they have no style. It's very boring. It's just like reading... Um, I don't know. It's like reading the back of a medicine bottle or something. There's no style to it. It's just like, is that, I don't know why I said reading the back of a medicine bottle, but I just meant something where it's just words. It's like reading a pamphlet. There's no, it's like technical writing. If you know what that is, a lot of people, if you like, you know, there are manuals for things. In your car, in the glove box, there's a manual. Everything there is to know about that car. Someone wrote that. That was a technical writer who wrote that. There's no style. There's not supposed to be. If a, if a technical writer put style into that manual, they would send it back and they'd say, remove the style, please. This needs to be as dry as possible. It's a fucking user manual. You know? Some people, their writing is like that. It doesn't have to be, but they put no style into it because they like overlearned in a way. Maybe they're too adherent to the rules. There was one person. I will say this. There's one person in that group who I was very pleasantly surprised to find that they're actually a very good writer. Not spectacular. No one in that group is spectacular, myself included. But this one person, you know, when you kind of this one person showed their work. And I kind of went, oh, this will be good. Let's see this. And then I was reading it and I was like, oh, this is fucking good. I was like, wow, good shit. I was like, I, I was totally, it really changed my opinion of that person. 
I love when I find that someone find out someone's a good writer. I also find it hilarious when I find out someone's a horrible writer. One of my coworkers when I was at Valet sent me his essay to um he sent me his essay to proofread it. He's like 19 years old. It was for college. I was like, sure, I'll edit it for you. It was the most vaccinated thing I've ever read in my life. It was so bad. It was like a drunken toddler wrote it. It was like you gave a toddler a bunch of wine and then you asked the toddler to write an essay. That's what it was like. I was like, this is amazingly bad. I was actually astonished. And as I was going through editing, I basically had to rewrite the entire essay. And I, I don't mind doing that because I'm a nice guy and it was only two pages. But holy fuck, it was bad. Oh my God, it was hilariously bad. When I was back in the phys, phys ed department, this is something funny. When I was at Montclair and I wanted to be a physical educator, a gym teacher, when I was at Montclair, I had one class that was specifically, it was a writing class specifically for gym teachers because the gym teachers that they were graduating through that program were so bad at writing that it was becoming a problem that Montclair was actually getting complaints from schools where these phys ed teachers were employed. And they were saying, these, these teachers are so bad at writing that it's a problem. So Montclair made a gym teacher specific writing class. And as part of that writing class, we had to do peer editing where we would sit at tables, four or five of us, and we would pass our writing around in a circle and take turns reading each other's writing. And I never encountered someone who was a good writer in that entire program. But why would you expect phys ed teachers to, I shouldn't say in the entire program, I only had like 20 people in that class with me, but I was in groups with all of them at one point at least, and they were so bad. It was, it was hilarious. I was like, wow. But why would I have expected gym teachers, future gym teachers, to be good writers? Of course they wouldn't be. Why would I have expected that? Of course not. <clears throat> Fun stuff, man. I don't know. Maybe you should do that too. Writing when you're bored is its a fun thing to do. I, I think that uh, people think writing is whack because they've only ever written essays for school. And if that's all you've ever done, then I would understand you thinking that writing is whack. But if you just write just because, if you, you could even like write to make yourself laugh. I do that sometimes. I just write to make myself laugh. It's a whole different thing. And then there's other, there's comics who are like, that's just not my process, bro. I just don't write, bro. I just don't physically write, bro. That's just not how I write, bro. I'm like, then you don't write, which is okay. And maybe you don't have to, but you don't write. It's a different thing. Your brain's working differently. I'm sorry. And there's no way to replicate it. That's the conclusion that I've come to. There's no way to replicate it. You can't just, you know, whatever you do. You can't do that. You can't take a hike and just think. That's not writing. It's okay. You don't have to write. You can't just talk into a microphone like this. That's also not writing. But it's okay. You don't have to write. But that's not writing. So don't say that you're writing. You're not writing. 
But actually writing is, it's just, it's way different. And it doesn't have to be funny. And it doesn't have to be comedy. It could be whatever. It's a good idea. Give it a try. Why don't you? Are you afraid? You're afraid. You're a coward. You're afraid of the blank page. It scares you. I remember when I was afraid of the blank page, I was a, I was a lad. I was just a young lad. And then I decided I would conquer that fear. But clearly you haven't. And you're a grown adult. And a blank page scares you. You're pathetic. You're pathetic. That's all I have to say to you. Goodbye. I'll see you next time. Fuck you. Kill yourself. I'm sorry. But maybe you deserve a little tough love right now. It's a hard time for all of us. Get it together.